What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Inside Inter-Miami, the Miami Herald show all about Inter-Miami soccer, about Lionel Messi, this preseason tour, you name it. We have it all covered for you. I'm Andre Fernandez, your host, deputy sports editor at the Herald, joined once again by my co-host, Michelle Kaufman, in our Inter-Miami beat writer for the Miami Herald. And we got lots to talk about this week, Michelle. Uh, Saudi Arabia, the that leg of the tour has begun. We finally had some goals. But unfortunately for Inter-Miami, the same result, another loss. But some interesting uh, developments on the road in uh, the game against uh, Hilal yesterday, the uh, 4-3 defeat, even though it was looking pretty grim at the beginning and Inter-Miami made a, a little bit of a game out of it, tied it up, and then fell short. But we have lots to unpack from the trip. Michelle, how you doing? And at least finally they found the back of the net. They did. They found the back of the net three times. It took some time. Uh it was looking bad at the beginning. They they went down two nothing in the first thirteen minutes, and uh, that was really not a good look for this team that still to this day still has not won a preseason game uh, this season. I know you know that these games don't matter. I know that this is just about building for the regular season and all of that stuff. I still think that with the roster that they have, people are expecting them to you know to score in the first half and to dominate games and and yes to win. Um, but definitely, you know, to dominate games and to show that they are the superior team, regardless of what the final result is, if they were to, you know, be bringing in wholesale changes in the second half or whatever, I understand. But the beginning of that game yesterday, uh, Miami's uh, Miami's defense was really, really exposed in the first 13 minutes. And by the way, this was a Saudi team that was it is the top team in the Saudi league. Al -Hilal. They were missing eight players. Uh, Neymar, we know Neymar's out with an ACL injury for the year, but they were missing seven other players and some of their top players to the national teams of, you know, of Senegal and, and uh, teams from, you know, Saudi Arabia national team players and Cameroon goalkeepers. So they were missing some of their top players, and yet they scored two goals against Miami in the first 13 minutes. So that that was not good. That's something that certainly should be a concern of you know of tata of the team and of the fans is that this defense needs to get short up quickly uh nicolas frere did not play he's the guy that they just brought in to replace kamal miller uh the argentine player who had been playing in mexico and then greece this year uh he did not play i'm not sure what the plans are for him for this next upcoming game because we have not had a chance to talk to Tata. So I don't know, you know, if he's, if the plan is for him to play on Thursday against Al Nasser or not, but the defense, you know, got better as the game went on, but still uh, the fact that they gave up four goals is not, that's not good. Uh, yes, they did score three. Luis Suarez finally, you know, he got his first goal. So that's that's always good. I'm sure that that feels good for him. That that relieves some of the pressure that he was feeling to finally score. And you know, if for those of you who are watching the game, you could see how passionate he was because when he scored, this definitely means something to him. Okay, he's not here on vacation. Um, when he scored, and they initially waved it off for offside, he went ballistic. He went crazy. He was like. Bleh. He was screaming and yelling and, and, you know, wanted to talk to the referee and, uh, you know, before they did VAR. So he clearly cares and wants to score. And he finally, they did give him the goal. So, so he got to score and then Messi got a PK. 
after David Ruiz, David Ruiz, uh, you know, initiated, got some contact in the box. And then David Ruiz scored a beautiful goal, you know, a kid, which is always fun to see a teenager from Little Havana, a local kid, a Honduran American kid who went to elementary and middle school here, high school, uh, was just playing in a local club in Alapata. And for him to now be in Saudi Arabia, playing alongside Messi and Suarez and scoring a goal on global TV in Saudi Arabia, this kid who was playing in Alapata just a few years ago. I mean, that's that's a really cool side story. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy for him. It's got to be an incredible experience for a kid like that. And as he said afterward, he's the one player that we got some quotes from. He said that he feels like he wants to inspire other kids from Miami to dream big and that anything is possible. You know, that he came up through a local club and then was, you know, found by the Inter Miami Academy. And now here he is pairing up with Lionel Messi to score a goal in Saudi Arabia. So that's quite a turnaround for that kid in the last two years. Um, and so anyway, I, you know, the game, when you look at the game, what are the positives? What are the negatives? What are the takeaways? The takeaways to me are they, they definitely showed that they can, that they can move the ball together. They definitely showed that they still have the skills, you know, they still have the skills that they had these four guys when they played together in Barcelona. Um, and they were able to score three goals and that's promising for inter Miami, on the flip side, the defense really needs to really needs to pick it up, and Tata's going to have to decide, um, you know, whether those are the players that he wants in the back. Does he want to play a different formation? Um, and what you know, Nicholas Frere obviously is going to have a chance to make a big difference once he once he joins. The, he's on the team, but he, we haven't had a chance to see him play yet. I'm very eager to see him play because I've said before, and I'll say again, losing Kamal Miller was a big loss. That's a guy who was on the Canadian national team. He was a leader on and off the field. And so they need somebody to fill in. And Noah Allen is another local teenager who has done amazing things and he's played really, really well. Um, but they need some more depth um, in the back. They need, they need some help in the center, in the center position at center back. And by the way, Kristoff, uh, Sergey Kristoff left the field with an apparent head injury and he has had some migraine and head issues before. So um, it is a little bit of a concern. Again, we have not had a chance to talk to anybody about what his status is, but uh, I am curious to see if Kristoff is gonna be available also, because if he's not available for the next game, they're even thinner at center back than they were going into this game. Yeah, and with Ruiz, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago about the younger guys and the, the way that now it seems like there, there's an avenue for, for for some players now. You don't have to be such a super talent. You have more opportunities now. And I keep seeing it over and over. I mean, this kid, like you said, grew up in Alapada. We saw, we know Benha, who played in Kivas, grew up in Kivas King, you know, played for Mast. There's a kid from Columbus that I know is on Inter Miami's, uh, you know, uh, startup team as well. I mean, a lot more talent that you're seeing locally. So that's great to see for sure. And you know, how how dare they try to deny a Pistolero a goal? What the heck's going on over there? Yeah, he finally got to – actually, I don't know. Did he do it? 
I'm trying to remember. Did he even do the pistolero thing? No, he probably was so upset. He couldn't. No, I think I think I didn't see it. I did not. So I'm going to do it for him. Okay, there you go. There you go. I did. I did not see it. Maybe they just didn't show it on TV. No, Um, I I definitely I definitely did not see it. So, yeah, this game, I think we learned, you know, we the team looked better. I will say, I mean, the team looked better than it had in the first Mm -hmm. two games. So the first game was a scoreless, a scoreless draw at, at El Salvador. That was just six days into camp. Then three days later, they lost 1-0 at FC Dallas. And now this time they lost 4-3. So they they scored three goals, but they gave up four. They still haven't won. They're still waiting for their first win. Um, but they did, they did look better. And I know that they're, if you were to ask any of them, I'm sure Tata or all the players would say the same thing, that this is just preseason. This is to figure out what works, what doesn't work, to get the guys integrated like Gressel, like Suarez, like now uh, with with Freire. So, uh, Freire, so, you know, we have, to, uh, we have to wait and see when the games count. But I do think that people want to see this team more dominant. I mean, they were not yeah. dominating possession in the first half yesterday. And this is a team, we see the roster that they have, and we see that Al-Hilal has good players, but some of their best players were not playing in that game, and they were still dominating Miami in the first half. So that would be that would be a concern. If I were Tata Martino, I would be a little bit concerned about that right now, heading into this next game. And it, it's incremental progress, but yeah, you're right. there, And that's what Tata's always preaching, is a possession, get, you know, dictate the tempo of the game, and that sort of thing. But maybe that'll come with time, some of these. I mean, then again, yeah, shorthanded. They were still playing one of the best teams in the Saudi league. And I'm going to segue that into a topic that I know Michelle is very excited to talk about here this week. And that's about this growing apparent rivalry between the Saudi league and MLS. I mean, they're both very similar in the sense of they're both competing to get all this superstar talent. I mean, I know the Saudi league has been throwing for a couple of years now, absurd amounts of money to land superstars. They landed Ronaldo. They went after Messi, but couldn't get him. Messi decided to come stateside and play here as we know but this is going to keep going and both these leagues really trying to put themselves as high as possible on the world stage and we're seeing this as the two titans of soccer about to collide potentially if Ronaldo plays in the game Thursday so a really good example of the growing of you know on and off the field competition between the two leagues absolutely I mean this the the these games in Saudi Arabia it's, it goes beyond, it goes, you know, everything now in sports, let's face it, so much of it is about money. Um, all of this goes way beyond. This is not just Inter-Miami is playing a couple of preseason games to get into form against two Saudi teams. There are much bigger narratives going on here uh, that have to do with money, that have to do with prestige of the leagues. You know, Lionel Messi is a paid ambassador, a paid tourism ambassador of Saudi Arabia. He goes to Saudi Arabia on a regular basis. He was there with his family recently. They take photos of him at tourist sites, and then they make videos and show that little messy vacations in Saudi Arabia, and you should too. And so uh, on the eve of this game, yes, on the on the eve of, of uh, Tuesday's game, on the eve of that game, um, we saw that the Saudi tourism uh, agency put out, launched a global ad campaign featuring Lionel Messi. And there's a video of Lionel Messi, and it's meant to sort of dispel the myths or reshape the perception 
reshape, reshape the perception of Saudi Arabia using, using Lionel Messi. Using Lionel Messi. I'm sorry, that was my dog. We need to remove her. Sorry. Um, anyway. Dogs are welcome on the show, to... Michelle. Don't worry about it. Okay, Lucy is on the show now. Anyway, um, so there, the Saudi Arabia as a country is really trying to reshape its image. And one of the ways they're doing it is through sport. And so, you know, we all know or about live golf, about Formula One and, and soccer. They have really, really grown their soccer league and trying to capture the attention of the world. And they are now competing. They're competing with MLS for big names they want to get big name players to play in their league and they want to show just like mls that there are other places in the world to make a living playing professional soccer than europe so just like mls is trying to get players to come here uh the saudi league is trying to get players to go there and they have a lot of money there's oil money there there's so much money there and so you know for example ronaldo uh, when when he went over there last year to Al Nasser, they're paying him $213 million a year, $213 million per year. And once he went over there, other guys started coming too. Benzema came over there, players from African, you know, players from Senegal, players from Morocco, uh, players from Nigeria, you know, players are coming from Africa. They're coming from Europe. They're going over to Saudi Arabia to play in that league. So the big question was, which league is better? This this whole thing about Inter Miami playing over there two games. It's not only about those teams. It's both of those leagues want to show that they are very competitive and they want to show that they're better than the other one. Let's face it. They really do. They probably wouldn't say it, but we know that that's true. So um, there was a, a British uh, journalist organization, whatever, that does a ranking Every year they do a power ranking of the leagues to show where the domestic leagues around the world rank. Now, obviously, it's no surprise that the top five are still the European. You know, the top five are EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga in Spain, Syria in Italy, and League One in, in France. Um, but in those rankings, in the September uh, release of those numbers, uh, the Saudi League was ranked number 27 in the world and MLS was ranked number 15. So MLS by those numbers is still ahead of the Saudi league, but the Saudi league has been drawing a lot of good players. And uh, one of the things that is, has helped that is fueling the rivalry of Ronaldo and Messi, which we already know is a, an amazing rivalry in sport. We're talking about the two players, the two athletes in the world, and maybe the two humans on the entire planet who have the most Instagram followers. So just for some stats that you should know, uh, if you're keeping a chart of Ronaldo versus Messi, Ronaldo is number one in the world with 619 million Instagram followers, 619 million Instagram followers. And Lionel Messi has 498 million, not shabby, 498 million. So we're talking about a billion people are following these two soccer players on Instagram, which is just incredible. The fan base, the cult following that both of these guys have. Um, and last summer, when Messi decided to sign here 
turning down offers from Saudi Arabia. He was turning down, according to some reports, $500 million package. He turned it down to come here for a mere measly peanuts of a $150 million deal. What a, you know, what a, what a, you know, what a sacrifice he made to come here. That's not counting the Apple money though. That's right? not counting the Apple money, the Adidas money, right? And right. and actually, also from what I've read about Ronaldo's contract, is the two hundred and thirteen million that he's getting, only about half of that, only half of that, is from the actual team for playing. The other half is for image and commercial. So you know, both of them are making so much money from image and commercial, in addition to what they're making for playing. Uh, last summer, when Ronaldo, I mean, excuse me, when Messi chose to play here. Ronaldo was asked if he would consider playing in the United States in MLS. And he said at that time, and this quote, of course, went viral. Who knows what the context was when he was asked. But the quote that went viral was that the Saudi League is better than MLS and that the Saudi League is going to keep getting better and be better than MLS. So uh, they both of these leagues have something to prove. There's definitely a rivalry brewing between MLS and Saudi Pro League, they are both uh, when players from Europe are deciding where to go next or when young players in South America, for example, are trying to decide where to go. And they always would just flock to Europe. It wasn't even a question now. It's like, hey, Ronaldo's playing in Saudi Arabia. Messi's playing in the United States. Maybe those are two options that I should explore. So it's a really interesting um, new theme in international soccer and global soccer as the sport spreads around the world through really through money and through business because Saudi Arabia and the United States still do not have the passion for the sport that that you know most of the rest of the world has. These are two emerging still, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a United States is an emerging soccer nation, but compared to South America compared to Europe, compared to Asia, where soccer was number one and is number one and has never been anything but number one. These are two countries that are still trying to, uh, you know, grow the sport in their countries. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens as this develops with the game on Thursday and with and going forward between these two leagues. A lot of it, too, I think, is these leagues are going to have to have success on the world stage, too, like the way that the Champions League does for Europe, you know, where one league can one one of the club teams has success and wins titles. Eventually, these two leagues have to get more and more into whatever opportunities they can of something similar where they can compete on a global stage against clubs from other places around the world with more established track records. And that'll give them just that much more exposure. I think I think what we need is a League's Cup of those two uh, leagues at some point down the road when maybe, maybe after a few, a little more of this is settled, we get the best teams for the, the same way they're doing it right now with the Mexican league and, and MLS. Let's get an We got to get an MLS Saudi uh, leagues cup of sorts getting going in the next few years. Once they get a little more established, that'd be fun for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be must see TV. Of course it would be on Apple. Um, right. You know, that, that definitely would be, that would be must see TV. And, and, you know, tomorrow will be the biggest, you know, assuming that Ronaldo plays, which he is supposed to, the reports from Saudi Arabia, are he has not 
for those who don't know, he's been injured for the last few weeks. He has a calf injury. Uh, Al Nasser, the team he plays on, they were supposed to play a couple of games in China. And they canceled those games. They canceled that tour because of this injury. So, you know, um, it's it's been iffy whether he's going to play. He hasn't been training. But what 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 the reports out of Saudi Arabia are that he is getting better and he is likely to play on Thursday. It will be a completely different game if he doesn't. I mean, this is the one that from the from the very first rumors that that Inter Miami was going to play in Saudi Arabia. The very first rumors were OMG, Messi, Ronaldo, the rivalry. I pulled up some numbers. They have played each other 37 times, these two guys, these two superstars with, you know, a billion followers on Instagram. They've played each other 37 times. Uh, Messi has won in 17 of those occasions. Uh, Ronaldo has won 11 of the occasions. And then there were draws. But the interesting stat is that and both of the players by the way are the only two players in the world who have scored over 800 goals for country and for club both of them so they're kind of tied in that situation um messi is the all-time leading uh scorer in la liga ronaldo is number two and then as far as goals in head-to-head games in the head-to-head 37 games that they've played against each other here's a key stat to keep an eye on Messi has scored 23 goals in games against Ronaldo and Ronaldo has scored 23 goals in games against Messi. So they are tied. They are tied at 23 goals apiece playing against each other. So if they do in fact end up facing each other on Thursday, if one of those guys scores in that game, they will get a one up on the other guy in which case I'm sure the other guy is going to want to score so that they will remain tied after this. So, yeah, this is a game. Talk about the world's eyes on MLS and the Saudi Pro League. This is an advertisement. This is not only, you know, the the main story is Messi against Ronaldo, of course. That's what everyone wants to see, the matchup of these two superstars. But the subplot here is Saudi team versus MLS team and MLS team just lost to Saudi team on Tuesday and just gave up four goals to depleted Saudi team without eight players. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Messi, Ronaldo, he's going to play. I mean, now that you said there's a chance he's going to play there. there there's a, I, I just don't see a way that he wouldn't, I mean, unless they would have flat out said, look, he's, he can't, he's not able to go. But the fact that they're, they're 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 dangling that a little bit, like saying, "Oh, he's gonna play. he's gonna play." There's too much of money invested in this. I mean, even if he doesn't play the whole match, some at some at least part of it. And I hope he does because you know if, if this is the last time these two are gonna go head to head, I mean, we have no guarantees of any other scenario right now. We got to see this. We got to see one more time, even if it's an exhibition. They'll put on. They'll try to put on a show. Both of them. You hope that they stay healthy. It doesn't screw up anything down the road for either side, and it's done in a good way. And what about this rivalry too? I don't, I don't think people, a lot of people still maybe in the U S can grasp, like, you know, we know all the rivalries, Manning, Brady, we know LeBron, Jordan, the, the, the eternal debate, who was better, all that. But this rivalry around the world takes it to like a whole new level. Like, I don't even, a few times even more intense. I mean, let me, just the following alone that you mentioned on social media, these guys, it's insane 
how crazy it is globally, the fandom for both guys. Yeah, it's not only the numbers, it's the passion. It right. is, you know, as passionate as people are about LeBron versus Michael Jordan or whatever, this is like they hate. I mean, I don't think that people that love LeBron hate Michael Jordan or people that right. like Michael Jordan hate LeBron. This Intense. is like these are these are like two religions. Honestly, there's like <laughs> the Messi religion and there's the Ronaldo religion. There are yeah. people who are just you are either a messy person or you're Ronaldo. And, you know, it yeah. a little bit in tennis that would have a little bit with Federer and Nadal, but they were both such gentlemen. Everyone really, you know, respects and likes both of them, even though everyone does classify themselves as either, are you for, are you Federer or are you, or are you, um, are you Nadal? Are you an Nadal fan or are you a Nadal. Federer fan? They play very different right. styles, you know? So that, those are those kind of athletes that, you know, people love to debate which one is better and are you a fan of this one are you a fan of that one in this case uh messi ronaldo coming up in the same era so it's not like you know lebron and michael jordan there's always the era thing well there was a different era different opponents different this in this case these are two guys that are essentially the same age same age bracket they have come up in the same generation played in the same leagues, played in the same World Cups, you know, played. And so, you know, they really are, they really have been head-to-head -head competitors and they are so different in personality. Not that I know them both. I've not sat and had, you know, sandwiches and, and drinks with both of them. But, but just from an outsider looking in, you see that Ronaldo is you know he's the peacock he's the guy who rips off his shirt and loves to show his abs and he likes to look pretty and he likes to look great and he's you know he's really out there and he's flashy and and you know he he he's basically the guy who's always in the box and just you know he's just a, an amazing has a knack for the goal and then you've got messi who has made a career of being the humble one the one who does not you know, rip off his shirt and all that, you know, he doesn't, he's not into the theatrics. He's much more shy. He's much more reserved. Uh, you know, so he has a very different personality, very different approach than Ronaldo. And some people just love Ronaldo and some people just love Messi. And I'm telling you, because having now covered Messi as a beat writer, this, you know, since he joined Inter Miami in January, in July, if you write anything pro Messi or even suggesting that Messi is the best of all time or something like that, you will hear within minutes, I'm telling you, within minutes, I will hear on Twitter or in my email box, I will get an answer from a Ronaldo person explaining to me all the reasons why Ronaldo is better than Messi. So, uh, and it's the same the other way around. The Messi people are not Ronaldo fans. The Ronaldo fans are not Messi fans. I don't know too many people who are passionate fans of both. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's something very unique to soccer. It's very unique really to these two. I mean, there have always been great rivalries in soccer, of course, huge figures, huge personalities that became global stars. But in this case, you have the comparison of uh, two stark, just very different personalities, different style of play, um, but both of them incredibly successful. If you really just look at the numbers, I mean, yeah, Messi just won the World Cup, 
that's a big, you know, that's a big cup that he can lift up, um, you know, in the side by side in the, in the head to head, but they both are incredibly talented. They both have, have had amazing success, uh, you know, for their clubs and for their countries and in all of these champions leagues and other tournaments that they've played. So it really is a great rivalry. I really do hope that Ronaldo plays. I agree with you. I think he will. Um, even if he plays 15 minutes, I just think so many people want to see that. And there are contractual obligations. I have a feeling that if Ronaldo plays in this game, I have not seen his contract. I don't know, but I would guess that he and Messi both get some sort of appearance fees for playing in this game. So I think there is incentive. On the other hand, coming off a calf injury, if he still has a tender calf, if he's still not feeling well to go out and play a game, you know, you are risking further injury that will affect you, for, you know, for many weeks, maybe heading into the rest of their season. So right. it's, it's a risk, you know, I don't know that he will take a risk that could affect his ability to play in his league. On the other hand, I think it would be a lot of fun to see them play against each other. Well, money talks, and I think you nailed it right there. I think it's the if the, if there's money at stake or, or contractual reasons, he will play. And I suspect, like you do, that there probably are some of that. And it's funny you were saying the thing about you haven't had sandwiches with everything with with Messi or Ronaldo. I, th I think right now you'd settle for an empanada, cafecito, in five minutes with Messi one on one. If we could ever get him to to do one of those with you, you know, the guy. One on one, Rick I Lucy. did. Yeah, I did the one on one. The one that I got which was last year, August 17th, I got one of three, I think three or four outlets were the only ones who yeah. got a one-on-one -on -one interview with him, five minutes. And it was great. I got five minutes with him. I got a chance to chat with him, which is more than most people have gotten. Um, but he has not spoken to the media since then, right. which, you know, uh, that will forever be debated as well. He, he has not spoken to, he spoke to the media one time all season for Inter Miami, did not speak to us at any other point during the season, did not speak to us after the season, has not been made available to us preseason yet. The season is going to be starting in less than a month. Uh, you know, the media, the local media, we have requested to have uh, some time with him, to have a press conference, to have something, because he is clearly the biggest, you know, one of the two biggest players in the world. He's playing on this team. I cover this team on a day-to-day -day basis. I go to the practices. I go to the all the press conferences. I go cover the games. And I don't get to talk to the biggest star on the team. This does not happen in other countries. You know, I mean, the biggest star on NFL teams play, even during the Super Bowl week, the biggest stars are playing, are talking to the media. And, you know, in basketball, during the NBA finals, the players, the top players talk to the media. So, Messi just never has. He clearly doesn't have to. Does he need us to be more famous? No. How much more famous can he be? He doesn't need us to be more famous. Okay. So, you know, I can see that point of view. Like, I don't have enough time as it is to spend with my family. Why am I going to spend half an hour talking to the media when I can spend that half hour, you know, playing soccer with my kids in the backyard? On the other hand, as a professional athlete, and especially in this country where athletes do speak to the media, that is the way we do things here. That is the practice here. Um, I do hope that we do have a couple of opportunities uh, to speak with him, you know, and, and just chat with him and ask him how he's feeling. What are his goals? 
going into the second season? How frustrating was it? What happened to him at the end of last season? Does he feel 100%? You know, what did he do in the offseason to get himself healthy? How does he feel to play with Suarez again? We haven't even had a chance to get a quote from Leo from Luis Suarez's best friend. That is his best friend. We heard from Luis Suarez what it is going to be like to play with his best friend. We need to hear from Messi. What is it yeah. like to be alongside Suarez again? What is it like to have the four of you together again? We we all want the answer to that question. And the only one who can provide those answers is Lionel Messi, number 10. The clock is ticking. I'm waiting for that interview, waiting for that interview. Yeah, it's a, there's a better chance of you having an empanada with Luis Suarez at this point than uh, than Messi. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's for people that don't know, I mean, you're right. Even even not so much the interview, even in other sports, like you said, the starting quarterback, Patrick Mahomes talks once a week at least. Tua talks once or twice a week for the Dolphins. You can be in the locker room and back in the day see LeBron, and you might even, not in an interview setting, but maybe even just develop a rapport, people seeing you, same thing in baseball. You've had, you, well, not just you, but like anybody covering this team over the past uh, almost a year now has not had any of that. No, no chance they built any sort of rapport and find out anything. Talk to them. I mean, you rattled off six questions that right now I'm sure everybody has. And you probably have 16 more that you can think up at the time. And we just haven't been able to ask even the most basic ones. So you hope that there's some happy medium in there. Maybe I don't think he's never probably going to be anything like we're used to. But maybe it, it won't be this scarce at some point. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's, there's a way to MLS or someone to get him to to get to that point we'll see yeah i mean obviously going into this game against cristiano ronaldo uh it's pretty weird that i'm writing a preview about ronaldo versus messi one of the greatest rivalries in the history of sport and i have not been able to ask Lionel messi what he thinks about this rivalry how does he feel about playing against ronaldo again i mean it's, it's a big void in the coverage of Leo Messi and this team that we don't ever get his perspective on anything, you know, and, and this is a glaring example. They are about to play. He is potentially, assuming if Ronaldo plays, he's about to play his biggest rival, one of the biggest rivalries, one of the greatest rivalries in all of sport history. And we don't have a single quote from Messi saying anything about it. You know, we're going to get another player that has nothing to do with this rivalries who's going to oh. talk to us. We don't get to speak to the guy that everyone is talking about who's going to play against the other guy that everybody's talking about. And I don't get to ask him a question. And maybe you know, for the last the time. Fans, and by the All way, right. it's not about the media, okay? I don't want it to be, woe is me, woe is the media, woe is Michelle Kaufman and the Miami Herald. No, it is, it's a disservice to the fans. Every fan out there, every fan I believe who's watching or listening to this podcast would love to know how does Messi, how does Lionel Messi feel about playing against Ronaldo? What has it been like the 37 times they've played against each other? Why is this such a great rivalry? What are his, what's his relationship with Ronaldo? Is it misunderstood or is it really what it, what it's portrayed in the media? We never get a chance to ask those questions, but more importantly, you, 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 the soccer fans never get the answers to those questions because I don't get to ask the question. Nobody gets to ask those questions. 
He doesn't ever have to answer those questions. And that is a disservice, by the way. You know, I know that the league and the team and everyone, you know, they have to do whatever Messi says, but it is a disservice to the fans that the fans never get his perspective on how his first season went so far. I think the fans would like to know how does he feel his first season in MLS went? How, you know, was it different from what he thought it was going to be like? What does he have to improve this year? What are his goals this year? What is it going to feel like to play against Ronaldo? All of these are questions that I'm sure the fans would love to know the answers to. And I would love to ask those questions. So far, we've been unable to ask those questions. We have to just guess. We just sit around and guess and pontificate and speculate. And that's fine. But it really would be better if we if we knew what he actually thinks. Yeah, we already we already heard of what everybody thinks pretty much every other notable player around the league the other day at, at MLS Media Day, but not the superstar, not the GOAT. So leaving everybody starving for that. But we'll see. We'll see if anything changes down the road. All we know for now is Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, the big matchup. Hopefully Ronaldo plays and makes this one one last classic between them. If it is the last time, we'll see. And we'll continue to follow at Inter Miami's progress overall as they have one more exhibition match on this uh, global tour. And if, will they finally get a W on it? We know that doesn't mean everything, but the progress is definitely something to follow as we get closer and closer to that February 21st regular season opener against Real Salt Lake. So until next week, Michelle, for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. Also, a quick note to everybody uh, that's listening and watching. We are now coming to you on Wednesday mornings is when this show will post. Uh, on Spotify, iTunes, if you're listening to it, all the podcatchers, and on YouTube and MiamiHerald.com. We made a switch from now on. We're going to be coming to you uh, really early on Wednesday morning. So look out for Inside Inter Miami. And until next week, we will be back and recap that last dance and see if both danced, and we'll see how it went. So for Michelle Kaufman, I, I have one correction oh. to make. Because of, because of the change of dates of us doing that you just mentioned, I said yeah. the wrong day. I've been saying Tuesday for the game against Al-Hilal, and it was Monday. The game was Monday, oh, not go. Tuesday. With, with the time change and with the change of when we're doing the podcast, so I just want everyone to know, I may be crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Um, the game the game was Monday. The game was not Tuesday. And then the next game is on Thursday. So I just want to get the day straight. And, then, and, and next Wednesday, early morning, as early as 4 a.m., you'll be able to download this episode and – the rest of them as we go on a weekly basis here at Inside Into Miami. Thanks as always for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week.